Hailstorm for you. Love Bites on 100.3. The X rocks. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. You've seen him in uh, movies like Starsky and Hutch, Old School, and even The Hangover. He's got a movie coming out this weekend, and he's on a TV show on HBO called Veep. His name is Matt Walsh, and he's on the phone with us right now. Matt, thanks for being on the show, man. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. You know, we wanted to uh, chat it up a little bit because uh, you got a movie coming out this Friday. It is uh, it is called Ted, and it looks absolutely hilarious. Was it as fun to make as it was to kind of watch, at least in trailer form so far? Yeah, it was very funny. It's uh, Seth MacFarlane played the... Voice of the Bear live on set, so he spent a lot of time saying filthy, obnoxious things just to try to make us laugh. Is, is that weird to be interacting with a uh, a teddy bear and then off camera somebody is saying the dialogue for the teddy bear? Yeah, it's a little weird because sometimes you're doing a scene with a tennis ball or like half a bear that's like on metal legs or even nothing. So it is a little strange, but I think Mark Wahlberg had the hardest job because he did all of his scenes with the bear. I just did a couple. It sounds like nightmares I had when I was a kid. Like half a teddy bear looking at me. <laughs> it's awful. It's, there seems like there's a lot of like improv that goes on in a movie like that. Is, is that kind of the way it's built up as well? I mostly had like office scenes with Mark. I play his boss, and so we once we kind of nailed the the dialogue of the script of the script, then Seth gave us like five or ten more takes to just f around, which was really fun. We just I don't even know if he used any of it, but it was certainly self indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, improv, obviously one of your strengths, so that was no problem for you. And how is Mark at it? Mark was good. He was game. You know, he's obviously, I was afraid he might beat me up or something when I first met him because he's very, very fit gentleman. But uh, he was game for everything. He played it, you know, as his character, who's kind of a, a reject screw-up. And uh, he was great. He improvised from his character. And he, I basically play... Uh, a shadow of what he might become. I constantly brag that if Mark plays his card rights, cards right, he might become best friends with Tom Skerritt like myself. <laughs> <laughs> you just recently uh, finished, uh, you know, directing your own movie for the first time, The High Road. Yeah, and, and, thank you. Yeah, and it, it looks hilarious. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But what was it like watching somebody else go through their first movie directing debut with Seth? You know. He, Seth seemed almost unprofessional. He was so laid back. I was actually worried that it might not be a good movie. <laughs> but, because he was, he was very loose and very uh, casual about the whole thing. But he was, you know, he was on it and, you know, he was surrounded by a great, you know, DP and all the staff so to make sure that it all went well. But he knows, like, the important stuff, which is, like, where the jokes are. And he has, because of, I think, because of his, you know, background animation, he has a very specific delivery that he wants to hear or an execution so he's really good at like joke execution which i think is why the movie is really funny there's a ton of horrible jokes and really funny you know cutaways and stuff so i think i mean i think he did a great job i finally got to see it last week and i thought it was really funny you know how does that compare when you're you know you've directed some tv series and and you know you've been in a lot of great movies and and then you you know going and forth and directing your first movie what were some of the things you realized like wow i wasn't prepared for this or were you prepared for everything um no you're not prepared for everything it's just a simple like i don't know if it's like self-helpy but you just try to do your best every day like that's basically all you can do and I did an improv movie completely improvised, so we spent two weeks just improvising down here in LA at the UCB Theater so the characters understood the world and the backstory and the relationships. And then when we were on set, you know, you just, you're kind of driven by schedule. You only have so much time, but you just try to find where the funniest jokes are, and, then you, and you're not trying to look for new jokes every time. Once you have good jokes, you're just trying to film and perform the best execution of those jokes. 
Well, and it's got to help having you know friends like Ed Helms and Rob Riggle and those kind of guys in your movie, and you know that that they can do what you want them to do. I imagine too, right? Yeah, I think I truly believe like casting is like ninety percent of the job because I think you're right. Like I, I was really fortunate to have friends who are from Ed Helms to Joe Latrulio to you know Rob Riggle, Abby Elliott, a lot of great Zach Woods, really funny people. So you just trust their instincts and you try to cast them to type, and then you can just let them be themselves. You know, I also wanted to talk to you about uh, Dog Bites Man, a, a show I actually didn't know was out on DVD, but I'm glad that it is because I remember watching it on Comedy Central, and, and the one that part that stuck out to us was uh, it, it took part in Spokane, and we here in Boise, uh, Spokane is always a punching bag for us. So I, I, I wanted to know if there was a reason why you guys picked Spokane to kind of be the basis for that show. You know, it was completely arbitrary. The creator of the show was a British guy, and so his understanding of America was an outsider's point of view. So he he picked what he thought was an obscure uh, city uh, that could be anywhere. So he picked Spokane uh, just because he saw it on a map and he didn't know much about it. And I think what was funniest about it is that actually the mayor of Spokane got upset with us that we were representing ourselves as a Spokane news team, and he... Was, he had some like press release, and there was a news story about it in the Spokane Times there. Yeah, they got all butthurt about it. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we never really took a shot at Spokane. We were just idiots who could have been from anywhere. We didn't really go after the city, but it was really funny. He was really upset by it that we were claiming to be from Spokane and misrepresenting the town. You know, it, it seems like, uh, you know, organizations like the Upright Citizens Brigade really launches a lot of careers and in, in, in you know, I don't know—is is it networking so much, or you—you you, know—you are all learning about comedy together, and and so you're more of a team with one another. Yeah, those are good points. I think it's a combination of like there is legitimate training, like we have a school, and I think people do 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 learn the the sound principles of like good comedy and like writing on your feet, like making choices in a spontaneous scene that will sustain it and keep it going. And then I think you're right. It's like you're just hanging out with funny people, and those friendships last, and you form really strong bonds. And so, you know, the, the rising tide raises all ships. I think as people become successful, they want to work with their friends, so everyone brings everyone with them. And I think it's also like a good community where people care about comedy. And so stage time is limited at the theater, so people really take it seriously, and they watch. There's a lot of good shows in and out of the theater, so you get to learn by, you know, observing other people who have been doing it longer when you're starting out. And so I think it's like it cultivates, like, uh, a comedy scene where people care about comedy. Did you guys start that UCB in Chicago, or did it get started once you finally made the move to L.A.? We started it in Chicago in the early 90s. Besser, Ian, myself, uh, Adam McKay, Horatio Sands. We were just angry, misguided, heavily drinking kids <laughs> who wanted to do something punk rock with comedy. So we did a lot of, like... Sometimes audience alienating, you know, comedy bits, but we stuck together and it evolved into various incarnations. And then in about 1996, uh, Matt Besser, Ian, uh, Amy Poehler, and myself moved to New York uh, in the hopes of, like, you know, bringing our wigs and costumes in the hopes of getting a TV show. And then we were lucky enough to get a TV show in 1998 on Comedy Central and we opened a theater the same year. You know, I think people forget uh, how much, you know, they see the, the theaters in L.A. and New York and that kind of stuff, but they forget a lot of that stuff is kind of centered in the Midwest where, where you guys kind of uh, grew up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we came out of the Midwest like we came out of Chicago because I think it's easier to make a go in Chicago because the stakes aren't as high. There's not a lot of agents trolling around and people aren't perceive, or looking to see what this show will get them. They're just interested in doing, you know, a good show. And then the rents are cheap, too, so it's a very affordable 
experimental town. So I think Chicago is a great place to start for theater and comedy. Well, I'm stoked to see you and Ted, and I'll tell you why, because I don't know when the first time I saw you in a movie was, but I don't think I've seen a movie that you were in that isn't funny. Um, oh, that's great. And, and, and Well, so it's, they're out there. They're yeah. definitely out there. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like I'm watching a movie, and I'm like, bam, Matt Walsh pops up, and I'm like, oh, he's in this movie, and you know, it's the guy you don't really know who you are at first until you see you enough, and I think the first time I saw you really was old school. I'm like... What's going on with this guy? And I look up some of the other movies you're in, and then you know, and then I'll see you in The Hangover. Be like, damn, see, it's it's funny because he's in it. I'm kind of like the underwriter underwriter's lab stamp on pieces of electronics that proves it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. And uh, Matt, I can't let you go without talking a little bit about Veep too, because I love the show. It just wrapped up season one on HBO. Uh, it's awesome. Is it coming back for season two? It is. It's. Uh, I'm very happy about that. I've, I've done a bunch of one and done series over the last ten years. So we're going to get a second season. We go back to Baltimore where we shoot in October, and the new season will come out uh, probably in April of next year. Awesome, and it's it's so uh, the writing on that show is great as well. It's love. It's gr- wonderful to see Julie Louis Dreyfus curse up a storm. So I imagine you guys must have fun offset. Yeah, it's a great crew, and like I said, we're stranded in Baltimore, so there's a lot of socializing and drinking and going out to eat and <laughs> eating buckets of crabs, etc. So we have a really good time uh, making the show. It's, it's absolutely fun. And it's very improv-friendly. The guy, Armando Iannucci, who created it, and all the writers are Brits, so we, they, they encourage us to improvise to make it a little more American and also to see what our take is on the character. So we get a lot of like free takes when we're actually filming to sort of add jokes or find new beats. I love it, man. You know, that uh, that's coming out on HBO next year. The season number two, season one, is actually uh, rerunning now if you want to check it out. And then High Road's out on DVD, and then Ted comes out in theaters this weekend. And, Matt, thank you so much for the time, dude. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. Take care, buddy.